Yo, yo, yo. What is up? Welcome to Cheers to Beers. I'm your host, Jess Keller Poole, and we're back. We are back. <laughs> um, this week, uh, Shauna is with me, and she is joining me for the first time on a full interview. You know, usually when she's on the show and co hosting with me, it's just her and I kind of zip zap zopping. Uh, but today, we are interviewing a friend of ours, head brewer of Lowercase Brewing here in Seattle, John Marty. Super excited to do this. It's kind of been a long time coming. Shauna and I became friends with John a few months ago um, when we taught a class there. And we had never been to Lowercase at that point. We, we drank the beer, but we hadn't been to the tap room. This is the North Seattle elite. You know, we never go south of the canal is basically the issue. So, um, which is a problem. We need to get out of our neighborhoods. But um, we went there to chat with John and also Chris and, you know, kind of talk about what class we were going to teach there. And John just showed us like the best hospitality. A lot of times when, I don't know, when you're an independent business, a small business like Seattle Beer School is, it can be hard to you know, hold the attention of someone who's as busy as a brewery owner or a head brewer for good reason. I mean, they got shit to do, right? Um, but he really just took the time to sit down with us. He not only explained every beer we were going to be teaching about, but he told us the story behind each one, the process of it, you know, why they brewed it, you know, whatever special ingredients they were working with, all that. And just from the bat, he showed us a lot of care and respect and you know from there it was just like we got to work with them all the time because they're really rad dudes so i had been wanting to interview john for a little while and finally got to the place where it all worked out uh so we are joined by shauna via uh internet <laughs> um and then i went over to the brewery and uh, john and i recorded in the green room now, I know that not everyone who listens to this podcast lives in Seattle, but if you do or in the greater Seattle area and you're cool with um, making a drive into the city, I highly, highly recommend their beer. John is just killing it at Lager Brewing. Like every single, I mean, the IPs are amazing too, but you know, there's something to be said about a good uh, lager brewer because it's hard. And with really clean beers, there's nowhere to hide the flaws. So you really got to know what you're doing. And he does it really well. Um, right now, I am drinking the very last can of Seattle Beer School's collaboration with Lowercase, our Northeast Lager. And if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to Art of the Beer 3 with Casey Callahan. Uh, she provided uh, our logo, which is the main design component on the can. And uh, you can listen to us talk about that beer. But... It's my last can and it's a really good beer and I'm proud of it. And, you know, of course, I have to be drinking lowercase when I'm recording an intro about interviewing the head brewer. Couple plugs real quick, as always. You know, Shauna and I run Seattle Beer School. Uh, we've got a few cool things coming up, including being the official sponsors of Pilsner Fest 2020. Um, if you don't know what Pilsner Fest is, that's okay because no one really does. <laughs> it's it's really just a uh, party, especially in this year. It's a party in your own backyard where you can go pick up Pilsners from Bottle Works or wherever your local bottle shop is. And it's Labor Day weekend, so you know we're just drinking. Oh my God, my phone alarm is going off. We are just 
drinking pilsners, hanging with our friends. Should be a great weekend. You know, Labor Day weekend is usually always a beautiful time. It's kind of the last hurrah to summer before we uh, delve back into the cold months here. Um, also, uh, Lowercase is the official pilsner of Pilsner Fest 2020. So, um, yeah, as always, check out Seattle Beer School at Seattle Beer School. You can follow Shauna at Shauna Brews and me at Just Just Beer on Instagram. That's where we're the most active and you're going to uh, get more updates and kind of see what we're doing in the future. So in this episode, uh, John chose our beer, which is a classic German Pilsner, maybe one of the best ones out there. Uh, Einger, 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 <laughs> Einger. Jahrhundert. Um, not gonna lie, I put that into Google Translate to hear how the computer said it. Um, still don't think I said it right, and I kind of make a fool of myself during this episode trying to say it. But it's an amazing classic. Mm, if you can get some imports wherever you live, I mean, Iinger is always great, but the their century celebration uh, Bavarian Pilsner is excellent, and that's what we're drinking. All right, guys, let's get into this. I'm super excited for this. Um, so in this episode, uh, we are talking about what the fuck even is the difference between Franconian and Bavarian Pilsners, and I get to do a blind taste for them, spur of the moment blind taste. Um, John talks about uh, living the local life in Lake Tahoe, bartending as an introvert. Also, John is basically a Trappist brewer, and you know we just get into the industry chit-chat and hot goss per usual. Also, I'm again, I'm going to copyright this a second time, audibly copyright askjeever.com. That is our thing. And if anyone comes for us, we will come for you. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, grab a lager, maybe a Bavarian Pilsner, a German Pilsner, and uh, join us on this great chit-chat episode we got with John of Lowercase Brewing. Cheers. Is that a Jesus bust? Oh, <laughs> that's a little creepy. White Jesus. <laughs> it's pretty creepy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I do. Just, just turn it around the other way. Yeah, you need yeah. to like have him face the wall. <laughs> I'm, it's like it's funny because his eyes are right over my computer. Nope, like, just, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> eyeballless eyes it's just there's just so many things it's a lot i feel like it's extra creepy because both shauna and i grew up catholic and are no longer catholic so it's kind of like the shame follows follows you through <laughs> the bust of jesus there's also like this what is holy that holy water? water is that holy water for mm -hmm. vamp just in case a vampire shows up I mean, I might need to take this with me. Yeah. Do you have a beer with you, Shauna? I was gonna go grab one right now. Okay, go get it. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't get the um, the beer the that you nerds beer. are drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. They didn't have it. Einger, there was like, t like total wine had like their brow vice, and I was like, I don't want that. You knew how? That. How do you say this? John? I asked for the podcast. You know. Do you want to give a? You want to take a whack at it first? Just oh just no! So we can laugh Come at on, it. your one, last name is Keller. <laughs> I know, yeah. dude. Uh, one time, Shauna gave me a book that was fake German and told me to read it. <laughs> it was like nonsense, and it was in double I, speak. <laughs> I was saying it was so much bravado. I was so fucking confident, and you and Josh were just laughing at me until you told me. I was like, oh man. 
because the same thing happened to me. It's like Dervizard in Ozerland. So it's like, looks like it's spelled, it looks like it's all in German, but it's not. It's just like a fake language. So I thought that too. I was so high once with my friend Skylar (laughs) and we picked it up and we were like, we could speak German. We are German speaking people. So I know. Okay. Yeah. Donor. Peter <laughs> Allen up here in Tucson, down here in Tucson. Yeah, they I go did. all the way down. Isn't that there? crazy? Yeah, I didn't There's know. There's Wickle. Oh, fun. Oh, rad. Yeah. Hell yeah. I never had this. Have you ever had um, Marsbrau Ungishbundetent? It's no. basically, it's, that beer is modeled after a specific beer called Marsbrau, which is the brewery. And then it's their Ungishbundetent, or I can't fully say it. It's probably going to sound like. Uh, Jess saying the word that's on this bottle. <laughs> it's oh, like man. It turns into Swedish somehow. <laughs> like the <laughs> Swedish chef's like, Varda, Varda, Varda. I should put it in a pop of the garden and never pop of the garden. But it, you have got like an Irish accent on top of that. Um, it just comes through. Okay, I'm going to try to say this. Um, it's Einger Jar 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 Hundert beer. Did I, how that's, close that, was I? That's all right. Yeah. The way that I've heard it pronounced is Einger uh, Jarhuntert beer. Jarhuntert. Okay. That sounds a little bit more authentic. There's is no there umlaut. No. No. So I oh. could totally be wrong too. Jess could actually be right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like since we're Americans, we're probably all just saying everything wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm totally. Sure none of us has said the correct way to say it. But I so think far. you're right. Um, so that means a hunt like it's a century beer right yeah yeah so what does that mean century beer yeah so they, it's, they brew it for the hundredth anniversary sorry you should tell oh, sorry. no that's it you're right that's it it's year 100 beer damn uh, they they brewed it in 1978 on their centennial celebration which i guess means that they started it in 1878 if my math is right um <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I think it's basically a really good example of a Dortmunder. Hell yeah. Lager. Oh, which God, I love yeah. Dortmunders. They're just never yeah, around. Me too. Remember we Ooh. had the dab? Like the... I, I like dab. I'm not opposed to dab. What did we have? We had a Dortmunder. Remember we did the blind tastings and Josh poured us a Dortmunder and it was like garbage zone. I don't remember. Hmm. Uh, we did a bunch of blind tastings a few months ago. Yeah. And it was so illuminating because it would, he'd give us like, we did it with our friend Corey and it was insane because we had no idea it was coming at all. Yeah. And we'd set up a yeah. flight that were all the same for each of us, four different beers. But like all within the same category too. So it wasn't like they were so So it was so very challenging. Yeah. Oh, so they were, they weren't all, they were different categories or the same category? It, it was like the same family. Yeah, okay. So not just like all over the place, but right. relatively similar, which makes yeah, it so even harder. Exactly. <laughs> so it'd be like yeah. a Hellas with like a Meritzen with like a Kolsch. I mean, those aren't that similar, but you know what I mean? Like if you're tasting right. it back to back. Um, and sometimes they were obvious. Because there was a group he did for us that was like, uh, it was like a double and then a, or a double, whatever. Um, and then like another Belgian 
dark. It was like a Belgian dark, strong. Like they were all so, so similar. Yeah. And you and Corey, because Shauna and Corey were studying for their advanced this around, they're all like taking notes and shit. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like I don't know any of this. I got a couple <laughs> of them right. I was proud. Ah, even a couple is great. <laughs> yeah. I think you might have done better than Corey. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell him. I like how I didn't say you did better than me. I just threw him under the bus. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't. Um, no, I there was no keep it score. You got you nailed what was it the goes that there was something that we all yeah. I was like so stumped on. I was like, I don't know what this is, and I'm gonna jump out a window. Like I don't know anything. And you were like, it's a bubble blah. And I was like, no way. <laughs> Fuck you, you got it right. <laughs> and I stabbed you. Yeah. Ryan just You're, texted uh, me being like, Where are you? <laughs> in, in the fucking hot grain room above a hot boiler. Sean, you haven't been to the brewery have you we've just been to the tap room yeah yeah Yeah. well when you you get back your home yeah john's home (laughs) to my abode not yet my yeah i work from home just like your mom does (laughs) got a couple jesus statues looking me over judging me i should see if i could like snag one and you could put it in the brewery yeah sure see she notices might might paint it if she doesn't mind. <laughs> oh, definitely needs to be painted. Yeah. Um, Shauna, the grain room here is really cool because there's like an upstairs. So the grain is like all right above. And instead of, you know, having the like fucking oh, tubing, you can put it right. It goes just straight down. Yeah. That's smart. That's yeah, smart it's pretty design. Seems pretty convenient. Eh, eh, there's there's pluses and minuses. Hauling sure. the grain upstairs probably is the minus. Yeah, well, and you can't like so you need two people to mash in here. Whereas like a normal mm. brewery when they have the the grist case with the the grist prepared basically, mm-hmm. they can just start the auger and mm-hmm. manage the mash in. I basically need some dumbo up here to feed me the grain at the appropriate uh. rate. <laughs> oh, I didn't and, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I but it's it is better in some ways because we have a bypass that allows us to put grain like uh, flaked stuff and corn through a bypass so it doesn't have to go through the mill so it gets oh. hydrated better so it's it's it pluses and minuses it's pretty rad i i prefer cool. this way though yeah then i get to yeah. see someone i'm like hi ready to hi. brew it's another human <laughs> that is stacking me. up yeah that's stacking now up we, nice there jess doesn't that look good yeah. where of course we're motioning yeah mine's the color mine's is beautiful yeah. Ooh, yours has got a little, little deeper. Yeah, it's got that amber thing. Yeah, going. I guess it. Mine's super. Um, it's very like grassy. Mm, I haven't even smelled mine yet. Neither have I. It's this, like this oh. has missed before. Have like it? one time out of about twenty, I got one and was just like, "Oh, what the hell's wrong <laughs> with this? This is not my favorite beer." Is it uh, recent or like over the years? Over the years, for sure. One time. So this is your favorite. What? I didn't know that they, this is my, this is my stranded on a deserted island beer. Like this is, mm. this oh, is hell yeah. I would, if I was stuck with one beer and, you know, like Castaway, yeah. this would be, the, this would be the beer. Okay. We'll definitely have to get into, you know, some tasting notes and stuff, but um, we should cheers really mm. quick. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Oh yeah. It's good. Sean, oh, yeah. trust us. It's good. Oh, damn it. It looks so beautiful. 
Yeah, it's like just a little bit darker than like a, a regular German Helles or a regular yeah. German Pilsner. Just it's got a little more grain to it. Ooh, definitely. There's just... a little bit more body for sure. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. closer, and, like a Czech, but like not as like not f- full malt. I would character. say in the body, yes. Yeah, but like none of that bitterness, really. I totally agree with that. Like the body is all there, super just like velvety mm-hmm. and weighty and luscious. Uh, but mm. it doesn't have that mega bitterness or that attempt at mega bit. Not right. Checks aren't always bitter, but they're definitely full of hops. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Cause if you think about like Pilsner Kell, not my favorite of like the Czech style is like not bitter to me at all. Um, but then again, like I might, my palate might just be so tuned to like American hopping that I'm like, this is not this is like an amber ale (laughs) right yeah Yeah. it it is funny when you kind of start comparing especially if we're talking like american versions of these um european styles dude this is pretty bitter is it yeah Hmm. is it good yeah i mean sorry let me interrupt we can finish talking about yours sorry um no i was just gonna say what it kind of reminds me of, and maybe I just haven't had like a German Hellas in a little while, but it, it kind of reminds me of a Hellas in the body, but it's crisper. It's like cleaner. Uh, sometimes a Hellas to me will be a little bit more bready and just like soft. And it doesn't give you that kind of that like zip at the end, tighten yeah. it all up at the end little. of the sip, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, this it does. <laughs> tighten that belt buckle real yeah. quick at the end there. Yeah. See, uh, I love the old tighten the belt buckle. Yeah. It's nice. Yesterday we actually... I got to drink a, a Bierstadt Hellas. Uh, Jesse nice. from Chainline came to the the tap room, and we went to Flying Lions Oktoberfest little festival. Oh, fun! Which oh, was cool. super fun. Uh, but he brought a Bierstadt Hellas and a Bierstadt Dunkel. And have you guys had Bierstadt before? No, I lived okay. I lived in Denver for yeah, a while. Should have called you. <laughs> <laughs> it was like he was like, "Hey, look what I got!" Yeah. Oh, it had just opened when you. So- when I mean, like there. shortly after, but like I, I was able to go like for their like and like there when they first opened, and like I was like, this is like some of the best like German style beer I'd ever had. Wow, yeah. they kill it. They are yeah, it's it's like perfect. Are they what are they like? So four or five years old? That sounds about right. Four years old, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. they've been around for a while, though. Mm. Like they were they were deep. Jesse was telling me they're deep in the industry. Like he was the brewer at Prost in Denver for a long time and somewhere before that. But now it's his wife, Ashley, who's the brewer. And she's the yeah. one that's like calling the shots. And oh, being like, hell yeah. Corners. Ooh, that's cool. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> which you need to be doing if you're brewing German beer. Like, yeah. it's, it's got to be true. It's oh, got to be high and the quality. Way they do it. It's too true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like painfully true <laughs> like that sounds like a lot of work oh yeah. and they're uh they had like if i remember correctly uh their their whole brew setup was shipped over from germany right i think it's like one of those yeah, yeah. Whoa. Is that it's like it was like germany a or czech it's one of the one of those two and pretty yeah. much so they single decoct mostly everything but they can do triple decoctions for like Doppelbox and fuller bodied things. Uh, it could have been German too. I forget, but you're right. It was totally, it's not that big even. And it looks mm-hmm. old as fuck. It looks like a steampunk. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Captain. It's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And their glassware is so cool too. 
It's like a uh, very uh, um, Art Deco-y. Ooh, that's yeah, fun. It's like the Great Gatsby. Yes. Oh, I'm into that. Yeah, the closest thing I've ever seen to like a more historical setup in terms of a brewing system is Anchor in San Francisco. Because mm. I, I probably have talked about it on the podcast before, but like their setup is... I, I can't believe how much they brew on like a traditional brewing system. It's like copper tons that are in the ground. It's like the original building. So everything's like stone. They have their um, cool ship room, a actual cellar that everything loggers in. It's pretty nuts in terms of like what they do to make it as like, I don't know, authentic. Yeah. Who, who really knows if we're talking about American beer? When you went there, did you have to get a reservation? In order to go there, like, or did you just walk up and say, like, so it was around? for my bachelorette party, and one of my friends, uh, like booked a tour for us, yeah, right. So it was a reservation, but after the tour, I started chatting with the dude who gave us the tour, who was a brewer, and told him I was in the industry. And then he took us, like, on a basically a second tour oh, cool. where we got to really go into the brewery. He let us, like, take pictures, like, these Rad. silly pictures, um, you know, like holding all the tools and shit. Let me go into the um the like fermentation yeah. room oh yeah. where they have the shallow pans yep. kind of yeah oh, that'd be so be cool. like it was funny because my friends they a lot of them drink beer but they're not like into beer and um i i wasn't that tight with shauna yet otherwise she would have been there um <laughs> this is like probably right when we met um oh yeah we barely but, didn't even know each other at all we never even worked together yeah we probably hated uh, each other <laughs> not hate each other Trolled i didn't hate you <laughs> um but yeah it was it was a really dope experience but that's the closest thing i've ever seen to anything like yeah. old school brewing i've tried to get that I... reservation and they were like oh we're four months out i'm like oh god fuck? i'm that's gonna a... be there in like a month and i Whoa. thought i was being all smart but no so your friend did a good job yeah right seriously i didn't even know it took that long yeah Okay, well, we should talk about this beer a little bit. You said it's your Desert Island beer. What's um, Maybe you want to share like the first time you had it or like what makes it that special to you? you yeah, know? I think... Uh, the f so there was... Have you seen those Pop Chart Lab uh, posters where it's like a spider graph of all the different styles of beer mm -hmm. and where they originate from, kind of? Like there's a circle and it lines back to a bigger circle. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah, I haven't seen that, but that makes sense. Yeah, so I I had that poster. Somebody gave me that poster, and there was like 120 beers on there, so I decided to do each beer Ooh, so that that's I could fun. try and understand each style. And this one was on there, and I just remember not being able to pronounce what was on the name, and that really bothering me because <laughs> I had no idea what it meant. Right. Uh, but... I, I loved the fact that it had so much grain and malt character, but it still had hop aroma and mm. spiciness, mm -hmm. and it had so much flavor. And I, it's one of those transcendent moments, right? When you're, I think we've all had them, you know, you're just kind of taken aback by a beer. Yeah, for sure. And you're not really sure what to say or what to, what to do, and you just want to like stop and take that moment in for a while. So... I remember going back to the place I was working at the time and talking to the beer buyer and just being like, have you had that J word beer from Anger? <laughs> and he was like, yes, it's so good. And we completely like became best friends over it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. For like, you know, that day I couldn't stop talking about it. I'm sure I pissed him off, but 
it was it was just an incredible <laughs> beer. And, and now, even still, it really runs that line down malt and hops for me. Right, they're both very present, but they're so cohesive. Uh, so I really appreciate that about it. Yeah, I totally agree. And there is something, it, they're calling it a Bavarian lager. And there is something that feels really quintessential, like Bavaria to me. And it's not like I've been there before. And I don't really know where I'm pulling this information from. I might be being swayed by the label. But it, it truly tastes like German. You know, like you can imitate or, you know, even do like clones of certain lagers. But I don't know, there's something about this that really tastes like uh, celebration Bavaria. It's yeah. Kind of making me excited for Oktoberfest, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. We're yeah. so close. Yeah. Uh, and the every hop that Einger uses is Hallertauer Herzbrucker. So that's anytime, all in. Yeah. It's like if you see a celebrator Doppelbach or that Brauweiss that you were talking mm -hmm. about, from what I understand from from their import uh, expert, it, it's all Hallertauer Herzbrucker. I'm just like, damn. Good. Yeah. Commit. For real. <laughs> um, broke. Yeah. Right? right. And I'm I'm happy that this is tasting good because I've had some bad luck with imports in the past. It's like even if you're buying from a place that you trust, right. you just don't know how it's gonna turn out sometimes. Um this was an issue that I I ran into when I was studying for Cicerone. Um, trying to understand these like true like European styles and just being like, I can't because this bottle is bad. That's always a bummer. So, excuse me. I'm just happy that this is tasting excellent. Yeah, me too. I would have felt like an asshole. <laughs> <Suck. laughs> we would have just shipped. We would have just grabbed some cans yeah. from the cold room. Yeah. Like it's so fine. <laughs> we may have to like do this podcast from the cold room. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Here. Probably feels great. Yeah. At least you always have a cold room to retreat to if you get too hot. Dude, true. that's true. Very much. Yeah. And there's a bunch of beer in there, so mm, <laughs> See, just right. drink away. There's there's worse things. Yeah, drink yeah. the pain away. <laughs> My, this beer is crazy because it's like I wasn't sure what to expect with it, right? For mine, I yeah. I've I haven't had that to be the beer that you're drinking. Um, yeah, but uh, I haven't had this Wickle beer either. Uh, you know, they're just calling it a, a Franconian style amber lager, but I yeah. <laughs> Like, what the fuck does that mean? Right, I'm, exactly. I'm honestly trying to figure it out. And I have been trying to figure it out for about the last two months. Like the difference between Franconian and Bavarian. Right. Right. I've I read this that Jeever or Yeever, however the fuck yeah. you say it, Jeever Pilsner mm -hmm. is Frank. It's a Franconian Pilsner. Right. So if you want to get an idea mm -hmm. of what a Pilsner like up there, try, try Jeever. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to try you know, um, a Bavarian style, then just get the, the Iyengar Bavarian pills. That's a, I think that would be a good ex, uh, experiment to kind of yeah. see if, you know, what you noticed from your own sensory perspective. Yeah, and to do it blind, of course. Of course, oh, always. Of course. impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I, would definitely be interesting. It must be some sort of weather change too, right? Because a Franconia region is kind of southern, isn't it? Kind of in the middle, like southern part. So it's, the another messed up thing about it is they're both in Bavaria, <laughs> but Franconia is like northern Bavaria, 
and then Bavaria, they usually talk about as like the southern part of Bavaria. Why are Germans like this? Oh, they kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried that I'm going to get those two beers and not be able to tell the difference and just be like, well, fuck off. Right. Like, you're, now Dude, just- it's just like, it's so funny because it makes sense um, if you're thinking about like the history of brewing and how it, you know, lager brewing started in Germany and all this stuff. Like from their perspective, if we're talking about like the 1500s or some shit, to them, it's like Bavaria is like, south germany but then when you look at it on a map right now you're like is that really south yeah. like but it's it's a term that is stuck with it because of the tradition but it's like looking at it through a modern lens it can be kind of confusing because you're like what are you talking about like the modern way i look at a map is not the same way that y'all looked at a map when these styles were defined right yeah especially 15 yeah in the 1500s right like when they're like oh that's way north mm-hmm. i'm like dude mm-hmm. that's like a 20 minute bike ride <laughs> That's also you guys don't have bikes. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's also just like a European thing in general. I've read so many funny stories about people, specifically in England, who they like they'll be like, you know, I haven't seen my sister in months. She lives so far away. And then you look at a map and it's like a forty-five minute drive, and you're like, wait, so you can't just visit? And it's such an American thing to be willing to drive for really long distances to do things. Versus yeah. anywhere else in a smaller country, they're just like, oh, no, fuck that. We're saying where we are. Why would we go anywhere else? <laughs> you know how long a train ride is out there? Oh, my God. <laughs> cool. So we talked about our beer a little bit. I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's funny, too, is this is, a, I think, an important thing. This is not where I was about to go. But um, an important thing about drinking different styles and drinking from different regions is it just kind of, I for me at least, I think it makes you appreciate certain styles so much more because I've been on a little bit of an IPA kick lately. I, I went and visited Cloudburst's new tap room um, off of Shilshol and Ballard uh, to pick up a four pack, got an IPA, you know, always dig in like the fresh dank IPAs that they brew. And it's been a second since I had, Oh, that's a lie. I've been drinking the Hellas at Aslan, but I don't know. Something that's, <laughs> that's like a great from beer too. that full beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. Right. Frank nailed it. Um, something you know from germany in this really traditional style like drinking this coming off of drinking a few ipas for the last couple days it's like oh fuck this is so good like this is my favorite and then <laughs> i could drink a few of these for a couple of days and then go back to an ipa and be like oh fuck ipas are my favorite yeah. you know i think it's important to keep that diversity in our drinking lineup because it just makes you appreciate so many different styles and profiles more i'm with you though jess i've been on an ipa kick too and i think it's because i'm in tucson and it's weird because there are some loggers that local breweries are making, but not really. Mm. Like everyone For is on. I would want drink to be drinking a lager in that heat. Yeah. That, I know it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's, there are pilsners or there's some loggers, but what really is all over the market are like lager, like uh, American loggers. So right. like with, you know, with corn um, or they're just like the macro stuff available yeah. and i've like looked at like the s- small bottle shops and stuff like that too and i was like i just want like a really good pilsner <laughs> and it's <laughs> it hard but i've also been like i also don't want to drink any hazies although there has been some really good ones that have been brewed around here um so i've been like drinking a lot of west coast ipas and yes. it's been very comforting to oh, like no doubt to drink just like a super crisp, dry, bitter, like green flash is freaking yeah. oh, might be my des- 
And my, I freaking Good. love it. Dude, and I think we talked about this, Shauna, is that um, if we're talking about like distribution with beer, um, Arizona, Tucson, Southern Arizona, like y'all are pretty close to San Diego. Like that's not, yeah. that's not hard for distributors to get you that like fresh San Diego IPA, you know? So much San Diego IPA. It's just like palette wrecked left and right. You're sunburned, you're hot, <laughs> and you're... Yeah, it seems like a bad just- idea. I'm not going to lie. Like why would you be drinking 7% beers? Yeah, outside. So only like, they take the pain out. away, John. Yeah, so all right, that's, fair. that's fair. Totally. That <laughs> yeah, that works too. Yeah, you sent me that Lord. picture of me uh, of you drinking uh, Negronis the other day. Was it Negroni that you made? Oh yeah. 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 A nice Yum. grandma. <laughs> that's such a grandma drink until it became a hipster drink. It really it did, did, right? That's kind Listen, of a funny. Trend. I. I'm either a grandma or a hipster, and I'm cool with both. <laughs> Somewhere in between. Yeah. I think I would be balanced. more grandma. Well balanced. <laughs> yeah. Um, Listen, Negroni's classic. It is classic, yeah. and I, I love it. Bitter and annoying. Yes. <laughs> annoying? <laughs> I like the bitterness. Oh, I used to bartend, and I was like, what? Who's drinking this? Oh, her name's Gertrude. She's she's almost Gertie. sat down. Gertie. Galloping Gertie. Oh, that's great. That's me. Um, um so john we're gonna move it a little bit into some of your personal beer history um you know you are running a brewery you're a head brewer you're making killer beer here in seattle um but like where did you get started were you a home brewer first or did you like start cellar work and move into brewing what's what's a little bit of the timeline yeah no i i was a uh i was a home brewer first for sure as i think many of us were but I was, I remember being seven years old watching Strange Brew, if you guys have ever seen that movie before. I haven't. Strange oh, yeah. Brew, the Canadian brothers. Yeah, Bob and Doug oh, yeah. McKenzie. It's uh, yeah. it's um, John Candy and um, Nerdy McDerd Nerd. Oh my God. Rick Moranis. <laughs> it's Rick Moranis right? and, oh my Dave, God. and Dave Thomas. Nerdy McNerd Nerd. <laughs> Dave Thomas. Ah, I like how it's just John Candy to me. <laughs> yeah, same, 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 same. Uh, I remember thinking like, oh my God, that looks like so much fun. I think I love beer. That was when I was seven. (laughs) So I didn't get drunk until I was 15 years old. And from then on, it's just been a nonstop cavalcade of drunk. Where Uh, did you grow up? Where did I grow up? So I grew up uh, on the border between Bellevue and Renton. Oh, so you're from here. I am from here. Okay. Renton. Written, <laughs> written, uh, in a little suburb called Newport Hills. Yeah. Um, and my brother was a bad influence. One of my three brothers was a bad influence when it comes to like, you know, partying. Yeah. Uh, which I love Uh-oh. him for. Four boys in a household, man. That sounds like a lot. Oh, and we had three girls on top of those four Whoa! boys. Whoa. So. Y'all really were a Catholic yeah. family. Catholic. <laughs> Jesus is watching <laughs> everything wow. you do. Um, so I, I, sorry, I loved beer. Uh, I love the, just the, the culture of it. Cause it was always just laughing and having fun as far as I could tell. Um, but you know, started home brewing probably around the age of 23. Um, and then just brewed my first homebrew beer, which was a Manny's clone uh that's fun yeah it was and and i had the help from bob at bob's homebrew store in like the ravenna area 
Cool. Because he was oh, like, I remember yeah. Bob. I know Bob. Yeah. He was <laughs> like, I helped Roger and Manny come up with this recipe. Oh, how cool. And then he like shared that information with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. It was awesome. And I was just like, fucking sweet. And it was, it came out wonderfully, like beautifully. How cool. And the next like 20 beers that I made after that sucked. Man, so it's like been... that initial <laughs> confidence. And then yeah. you're like, yeah, I fucking got this. And then it's like, ooh, this isn't as easy as I thought it was. Yeah, I've just been chasing that Manny clone dragon since. <laughs> <laughs> did you start with uh, extract or like brew in a bag? How did you? No, extract, for sure, extract. extract. I mean, it's yeah. everyone, I think, starts doing extract. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you want to like succeed, right? You want to, as much as you can. Fuck, all grain is not, not easy, it's right? It's tricky. So, um, homebrew, started homebrewing. And then, you know, at the time I was working at Children's Hospital in the rehab department. Whoa. Yeah, I was there for like four years and I just, kind of you know there are certain moments in your life when you're like okay it's, it's time to make a change uh for better or worse um so a couple things happened in my personal life nothing horrible but um you know i lost a friend so i just said fuck this like i'm gonna go like work in lake tahoe as a snowboard instructor and maybe get a job as a bar back, right? Yeah. All I wanted to do was make Bloody Mary mix because I fucking love Bloody Marys. Oh, me too. Yeah, they're the best, right? Oh, wait, they are. I was supposed to be three Bloody Marys deep. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You were. I forgot. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, another kind of tough drink to drink in Arizona heat. Oh, a little thick <laughs> for, that, <laughs> for that heat. Micheladas, though. You could do micheladas. Micheladas, yes. Mm. I'm God. a fan of micheladas, too. Damn, those are delicious also. Oh, the best. Um, Dude, I didn't know you lived in Lake Tahoe. That's dope. Oh, yeah. South Lake Tahoe? I was all over. I lived in Tahoe for eight years. Dude. So I lived in South Lake, North Lake, West Lake. I grew up going to Tahoe. My grandparents had a cabin there. I went every spring break and every winter break, oh. like for the majority of my childhood. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. People are always like, why'd you, why'd you, why'd you stay here? Because I, people are like, oh, I came for the skiing or the snowboarding. And then you see the summer and you're like, what the fuck? This is way better than the, than yeah. the winter. <laughs> yeah, right? right. And so you you stay for the summer and you just you you live that sort of local life. You work in the hospitality industry, make money off the tourists, you know, and then yep. do whatever you want, whenever you want. That's very similar, I think, to the culture in Bellingham, too. A lot of people will bartend in the summer make a ton of money and then not work during the winter and just snowboard out on M Mount Baker. Yeah. I, I, that's exactly it. It, it. It's very similar. Yeah. Uh, what I, what I love about M Mount Baker is that it doesn't have like a resort. I know. Right. See, Which, that's what's so different about Washington yeah. versus California. Oh man. There are so many resorts in California. Yeah, <laughs> it's huge. And it's like, you know, obviously a money making point and like jobs come from that, but there definitely is a different feel in terms of like, resort mountain versus like you know national forest mountain <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah i've never been to a resort place like that i'm like <laughs> oh man we gotta get I've you on some, <laughs> gotta get you on some sticks <laughs> dude i've been on stick once and it was the yeah. most hilarious thing i've ever done in my life <laughs> oh i mean i've been skiing i've been like water skiing that makes and, a little bit more sense from where dude, you grew up. water skiing is maybe my favorite thing i've ever done in my life yeah 
Try not to smile when you're water skiing. Right. Just uh, try. <laughs> or not or not scream. Or just like you're yeah. just like <laughs> <laughs> I've totally yeah. tried um uh I almost said waterboarding. What's it called <laughs> when it's like the snowboard version? Jesus, of- Jess. <laughs> What's it called when it's the a, a, the board version oh, of water wake, skiing? Wakeboarding. Wakeboarding. Yeah. Waterboarding. Did you guys yeah. ever tried waterboarding before? <laughs> I've attempted that once. Couldn't do it. Waterboarding. Do it. No. Wait, wakeboarding, <laughs> wakeboarding is hard to get up the it's, first time. Like it takes a lot, a lot of effort. I got so frustrated that I was yeah. like, "Fuck it, I'm just doing tubing. Just put yeah. me on the tube behind <laughs> the boat, and that's what I'll do." Yeah. It is a painful thing to learn how to get up on a wakeboard. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. None of that. So anyways, you were in Tahoe for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for eight years and I, I, I love the beer industry, but I realized when I was barbacking, they, they basically started making me bartend, which I didn't really want to do because I yep. don't enjoy talking to people that much, <laughs> uh, but they oh. needed someone. So I did. And then I saw, you know, basically we have we had sommeliers there or wine stewards and they got to walk around and drink wine with people at their tables and talk about wine and talk about alcohol. You're like, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, I'm the bitch behind the bar. Can I get involved with that? Yeah. I was like, hey, what is it going to take to get me doing that? Right. And they're like, I guess you got to take some classes or something. So they paid for me to take some classes and get some certifications. Oh hell and, yeah! Yeah, it was it was the shit. And so wait, uh, dude, are you a psalm? I I was a sommelier for five years. I was a I passed the first test right of the which is fucking hard. Part of master sommeliers. That's a ninety percent pass rate. It's not that hard. Oh, never mind. You, you're a loser. I thought you were about to say you had to get ninety percent to pass. <laughs> no, I think you had to get like eighty percent to pass. But yeah, that one's, that one's not hell? horrible. Ninety percent of the people that take it pass it. Above okay. that is like the level two advanced sommelier, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't want to take that one. I felt like that organization wasn't as. Uh, about education as another organization I found, which was the Society of Wine Educators. And so I took, yeah, yeah, I took that Mm -hmm. test because it was more about education and much more in depth in the knowledge side and not so Mm -hmm. much the tasting side. Yeah, for sure. Which Uh, is important. Like you need to know that stuff to be able to translate it to the tasting. I, yeah, I agree. And, and I think it improves people's appreci- appreciation of the wine yes. to know the story behind it, right? To know where, and, and then the same is true for beer, but um, I think just giving people the background or the history of the thing that they're trying to enjoy makes them enjoy it that much more. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's, yeah, what you guys do, right? That's what we do. Uh, we're basically saving humanity one beer at a time. <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> How to do it. I know, this is tough work. Gulp, burp. <laughs> Everything's great. We're just saving mankind. <laughs> uh, so, did that End for of five podcast. years. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so, so you were uh, basically went from bar bartending to song yeah. to... So, so then dot, did the song thing for five years and then moved to Portland and was a wine buyer for Whole Foods for two for two years. Portland, Oregon, that, I'm assuming. Portland, Oregon, yeah. Um, yeah, I was a That's wine cool. buyer for 
the, the Hollywood district Whole Foods there for two years. And I also got to do a lot of help with the beer buying and the beer sales and uh, love that just as much. But you kind of get to a point where you kind of want to stop selling it and you want to start making it, right? You want to yep. really truly see behind the the black curtain totally how yeah. things are done. So I, yeah, moved to like upstate New York for six months and then back to Seattle, put out 60 resumes to the different Seattle area breweries. Three of them got back to me. One was a lesion, by the way, which is really funny. Uh, oh, they, needed keg, You've... they needed a keg washer. I mean, this is pre uh, them selling out. Yes, this was six years ago. Okay. Yeah, pre them selling out. Um, and this one offered me a position to help out, and it offered the most opportunity for growth and education, right? Yeah. Like Chris has actually, through the business, given me money to, again, educate myself. That's dope. Using other people, right? Yeah. Using other um, institutions that are educators, so... I've I've jumped jumped in and here yeah. we are six years later. Dude, that's dude, that was only six years ago. That's pretty fucking impressive that you were at this point where you're brewing really killer beer. Like that's not that much time. Yeah, it feel you know, I think I we 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 could have gotten here quicker if we had if Chris knew what he was doing. <laughs> which he didn't. He'll get you eighty percent of the way there, but he can't yeah. take he can't take the twenty percent yeah. the last twenty percent home. So he was the whole he was the head brewer. He was originally. the head brewer. He's yeah, he's the and owner like, as well. I I basically slowly showed him that he sucks at brewing. <laughs> but I also I also sucked at brewing, but I think I cared more and I had more time to care. Right. Because sure. he yeah. has to actually run the business. Right. And try to keep uh, try to keep everything from falling apart. Like yeah. uh, every piece of machinery that I don't understand, like magnets. <laughs> like magnets. Me and John were talking about magnets before magic. we got all the mics. They're magic. <laughs> They're essentially. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Who cares how they work? It's insane. So wait, is Chris really good at like in, like engineering sort of yes. stuff? He's incredibly good at engineering. I didn't know that. Stuff. That's cool. Yeah. It's pretty impressive, yeah. That's funny. I was just talking to Justin and I were talking about homebrewing, and I was like, I'm not that great of a homebrewer. I like doing it because it teaches me about beer, but like, I was like, my my husband would probably be really good because he's good at engineering and tinkering. Where yeah. I'm just yeah. like, can you just give me a bucket and like whatever? Yeah. And he's like, well, you got to have the the most expensive pH meter, and you have to have this and after that. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I'm making shitty like pale ale. Like, let's calm down lower the bar buddy lower the bar <laughs> but you know uh, you gotta have someone to push you i guess yeah i mean i feel like we can't have this conversation without talking about you know the whole industry a lot of industries have been hit pretty hard by the pandemic but y'all made it work and ended up moving into the brewery yeah. um you know yeah. what, what was that kind of process like was it kind of a no-brainer you just had an agreement with the landlord and it worked out yeah no so we we definitely we eased him into it okay right we were like you know that's a pretty that place has a bathroom up there why does it have a bathroom he's like oh i thought i might need to like you know live in there every, every once in a while I, I i meant it to be you know a place to live at one point but it it didn't get that didn't come to fruition so then we were like uh can I maybe move up there? Yeah, because the bathroom has a shower. It's a full yeah, bathroom. Yeah, it totally was, has it's a full bathroom, not a bathroom. To be honest, I was very curious about the shower situation. <laughs> I, in my mind, 
I was like imagining that you had to use a hose. Dude, like the- yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been, I, I still would have done it. I still would have done it. But Man, you know what? Just tell everyone that's what you do. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even shower. I, yeah. I just jump in the ma- mash tun with some hot water. That's so what makes your beer so magical. Yeah. That's what gives it that same lowercase flavor. <laughs> Silky smooth. <laughs> so, on it. yeah. It was not a hard decision for me. It was a, it is a surprising decision for other people, mm-hmm. but creative control is going to, you're going to sacrifice something for creative control. And I know this system now really well. It is my system and I figured out how to make good beer on it and I'm working on making great beer on it. So I'm like, I don't fucking care. Put me in the locker room. I, I just <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to make, beer here so whatever it takes until this place blows up (laughs) dude i just like i mean i think that's a a pretty like honorable thing to have done to be like no this is what's gonna happen like i'm not gonna stop making beer this brewery is not gonna fail i'm gonna be here and make (laughs) it work i mean there are so many people that would never consider that you know i think it's just like a testament to your character to be like no we're gonna do this we're gonna make it work yeah i i think that other people also have like a fair amount of life lives (laughs) life to them yeah and luckily i don't really have a life like i prefer being alone often yeah um me too times yeah and so like it it doesn't make a big difference um i i'm like well i'm gonna be alone and like loving it (laughs) yeah i think i'm cooler than most people uh i'm gonna be alone anyways i might as well be alone next to my my ranch of yeast <laughs> yeah right oh, yeah you're like, like like people are like proud of their like cattle on yeah. the ranch and you're like yeah. but look what i got yeah look yeah what I got. and i you know i almost think it's unfair that every brewer doesn't get to have this experience i'm kind of cheating because it's like 24 7 watch <laughs> right no that's cool yeah it um yeah. it reminds me of um I think his role now is head of production at Rubens, but um, Mike was one of the very first brewers there. When they first started the brewery, he moved out here from Illinois and lived in their first brewery. He slept on the grain bags, like literally didn't even have a bed, like slept on the grain bags and was there in the brewery every day making that beer. Like Mm -hmm. he really is the, that brewery wouldn't run without Mike. Um, And I think everyone knows that. Um, yeah. Oh, but like it would be, it wouldn't, it would be not exist. No, him and Liz really are the backbones. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think there is something to say. Like, I think it's easy for me from the outside to kind of have like a look through it in like rose colored lenses, a little romantic way to be like, this is the labor of love and you're here and you're in it and you're taking care of your products, you know, every single day because you're literally in the same building. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like a lot of hard work. Everyone knows that brewing is really hard work, but you know, there's something to be said about those, the type of person that would be willing to do that. Well, you I, know, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, cause I, I, yeah, I made a choice. And exactly. Yeah. Do you here. feel like maybe you're um, like a Pacific Northwest monk? Yeah. That people very much. Yes. <laughs> this people is like, your lowercase. Your, this is your church. This is your yeah. monastery. Yes. Yeah. I and, like, Every beer that comes out of these walls could technically be labeled as Trappist 
because it came from inside a monastery where I am the only monk. Yes. <laughs> we just need to get the uh, registration. We'll get you guys like tax exempt from being yeah. a church. And actually you do a lot. Well, most of your proceeds would go to the community, which they already do. Yeah. Right. Is that the other Trappist caveat is that has to go to support the local community and the brewery itself. Yeah. yeah. We need to work on this. You could be the first mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest. Uh, there's, a, you don't there, have- there's another one. In the Pacific, Pacific Northwest? Northwest. Yeah. Yes. And that must be brand new. Yeah, because I'm only aware of the one that's on the East Coast. Oh, I was just going to say this one in Oregon is called Benedictine Brewery, which is funny, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Google ratings given it five out of five stars. I don't know anything about it. I'm going to have to look into it. Well, good, because the only thing that matters is the ratings. <laughs> right? <laughs> if there's anything we've learned throughout this industry. Yeah. Is the How many beer mugs ratings. is it? Beer glasses? Is that what on tap is? Yeah. What do I need to do to make this happen? What do we need to do? What, yeah. Listen, our plate's pretty full of Pilsner Fest right now. But yeah. after that... Oh, man. We're gonna, Pilsner Fest, yeah. by the way. Pretty, pretty excited for this. <laughs> Not totally sure what it is, but... No one I really know. is. Neither do we. Yeah, There's no, a website. neither do we. So there is a legit. website, which is an improvement from last year, because last year he linked pilsnerfest.com in his in the instagram bio and it was a domain that didn't exist it was like 404 oh. like <laughs> this doesn't exist which he i should just link hilarious. it he should just link it to monster jam oh he should that'd be <laughs> funny but there is now a pilsnerfest website because i had someone message me and be like what is this pilsnerfest you're talking about and i linked her to the website um pilsnerfest is fucking hilarious and that's the funniest thing is whenever i try to explain it to someone i'm just like I mean, it's not our thing. It's our friend, Steve. Um, Steve's been a guest on the podcast. Um, and uh, you can also listen to Live from Pilsner Fest 2019, which is kind of a shit show of an episode. Uh, <laughs> it just starts up here. And just, <laughs> we're doing it again this year, too. Nice. Um, but yeah, that, that shit is so funny because it's just like literally started as a party in the backyard. It was like industry people specifically that way we could bring beer from the breweries we worked at. So it was like whoever worked at whatever brewery, we all brought Pilsners from the brewery we worked at. And just this year, Sean and I were like, we want to be the sponsors. We want Seattle beer school to be the sponsor, which is so funny because quote unquote sponsor, what does that even mean? But I, I do have to say Shauna has done some work. Oh man. She has pushed it. Bottle works got involved. Like Browers is all interested. Like people are like lowercase involved the official pilsner of pilsner fest official pilsner. let's it's talk about that just it's you know it, it's impressive all around like right to like build a brewery and make a beer that's impressive but to to start with just an idea and then to make it come to fruition and i get i get to kind of watch a little bit how much work it took just for this to gain any momentum right <laughs> And I'm kind of like, why does this thing keep popping up? And right. it's because you're plugging away at it, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, okay, and now what is it? And then I read, I'm like, oh, dude, I totally want to help out. But that takes like effort and work, right? And it's something that starts in your mind, kind exactly. of like a recipe. Yes. And then you just like, you formulate it in your head. You're like, how am I going to make this work? You come up with a plan. You put that plan into action and you don't stop, right? You don't stop, otherwise it dies. So it's, it's impressive that you... You both have done this. Well, I think the <laughs> thing that's so funny about it is it was never 
something to be taken seriously to begin with. And I think having that mentality, this is something Shauna and I have talked about a lot. It's like, we don't take ourselves seriously. <laughs> like what we, the work we do, I think is important and yes. it's fun and there's quality to it. But like, we don't take ourselves seriously because we're all about like having a good time. This is what this industry is about. And having that mentality going into this, I think people appreciate that. I think people appreciate the concept of something not being so fucking serious and like, how are we going to rate this beer? And oh my God, hype this and hype that and blah, blah. And we're like, no, fuck it. Like it's summertime. It's hot. We want to drink Pilsners. We all work in this industry. Let's get together and have a good time. And I think it's that kind of DGAF attitude that has like made it appealing to people. Yeah. <laughs> it is the anti wine event. It's yes. like beautiful. It's well, and that's Steve's whole thing it. is he was like, this is anti-hazy hype yeah. concept. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of, it's funny the way that it it's structured too, because it's like, it is just a joke and it's for fun, but part, a lot of it isn't a joke, right? It's like, yeah. it's de-elevating one of the most perfect beverages of all time, which is the Pilsner. Like a really well-made Pilsner is like one of the most perfect things. It's like a diamond you know, uh, I mean, I don't know if a diamond's the perfect analogy for that, but you know what I mean? It's just like so pure and perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, pick your fucking gem of choice. Uh <laughs> but it's also like kind of taking it down a notch, being like everyone likes a pills, everyone likes a crispy boy. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like pick your pick whatever one. So it's like there's so much about beer that makes people kind of nervous. Like Oh, uh, I don't know what that is. Like wild, spontaneous. Uh, what is this hop? What is this? Blah. And just to be like, just dude, we're gonna drink crispy boys in the backyard. Yeah. Yes. It it reminds me of the saying from that comes from the wine industry, and it's basically like it it takes a lot of beer to make wine, right? And it's the people making the beer that are drink or the, the people making the wine that are drinking all that beer, right? So yep. like every bottle of wine that you see i bet the crew drank like a case of natty light <laughs> just to make that bottle right right yeah so like it's it's i've it's, never heard that before i like that yeah it's yeah i always and it and it was just that that attitude sort of drove me away from wine a little bit and into the warm embrace of beer right yeah <laughs> just and i have talked about this a lot like the reason that we both got into beer is because it's fun but there's way less pretentiousness about it yeah. um, because it is like the every person sort of beverage. Even if you're not a huge beer drinker, like you'll, you know, you'll be like, I like to have this beer every now and again. It just feels so good and it doesn't have to be taken too seriously. But then it also has a place to be taken seriously, too, if you yeah. want. Same right. thing with wine. I guess you could always have a wine cooler or a spritzer if you don't want to be too serious. Right. That's true. I think the difference, though, and not to create too much of a divide between these industries, but I will say, in my opinion, I would 100% take a quote-unquote shitty beer over a shitty wine any day. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're at, like, a stadium going to a game or something, oh. like... A hundred percent, I'm going to buy whatever light beer is there over yeah. whatever white fucking Pinot Grigio... Pinot Grigio, they're you know I selling there. Guarantee like, it'll taste like salted butter. Like so, like, like bad oh, wine is filthy, bad. Like melted, Just, over salted butter. It's, oh, they're God. they're never good. Like airplane wine makes me want to throw up. Yeah, no way. No <laughs> like way. why did I do that? Just give me a fucking Alaskan Amber Ale. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. or it's usually you lush. lush. Yeah, lush. On... Oh. Alaska Airlines, they sell. Oh, lush. Nice. Lush. I yeah. think we've said this before. Alaska Airlines needs to be our sponsor. 
we um, we dropped oh, off no. some beer. Go on. Sorry. Sorry. We dropped off some beer at um, Fremont for the GABF, uh-huh. and um, we we brought them a bunch of beer and said like, "Thank you." Yeah. And Chris told me the story of dropping it off, and this one of the pack packaging guys was like, "Oh, sweet, thanks for the lager," and basically like kind of accidentally dropped and ripped a couple six packs of theirs and was like, oh, can't sell this and just gave them the crib. <laughs> it was a lush and a skycracker. Oh, that's like, funny. Oh, you guys are the best. Yeah. Skycracking. Uh, I know. I know. That all being said, I did have their Mexican lager recently and I liked yeah. the Mexican lager. I didn't even know they made one. Yeah. It like looks like a boom box kind of. Okay. Yeah. How similar is it to your Mexican lager? Uh, it's more like, like I would just call it an American lager. So yeah, like it's, it's not, more in that like... It's not an amber lager. It's not a Corona. It just seems like an American lager. Interesting. But it was just like down, down the hatch. Yeah. Right. Four and a half percent, just gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice work, guys. I didn't even <laughs> have to think about it. Uh, which is, There you which, go comes in handy sometimes right to be it's, honest sometimes that's what i want in a beer just to be able to like just down the hatch because most of the time yeah, that doesn't happen i'm like tearing it apart or i'm just like not right. into it or i'm too into it or like, if we're on this topic of like having to bartend when you don't really like people sometimes i need to just go in the cold room and be able to slam 12 ounces and like the <laughs> only way that's going to happen for me is if it's like an american light lager yeah i think it's funny that both both of you are uh introverts <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and yeah. that you've chosen this industry and to educate people as well it's, I, yeah there's a we you know like, when to you an introvert can turn it on if they need to exactly and also yeah. it's different for when i get to choose my interaction versus when i'm in a forced interaction yeah yes okay. oh because that's why you're like my husband right like you guys exactly. are both Yes, you have to, the way that, I don't know if this is the same for you, John, because Justin and I have talked a lot about this, but like, do you recharge by being by yourself? Yo, a hundred percent. Yeah. So like you're, you plug your battery in at home at, at and you're just like, okay, I'm charging yep. now. I, yeah. I charge by being around people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get yeah. it. That's a weird, that's weird. I get it. Does that I make sense? Yeah. 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 Like, With, if I'm by myself for too long, I, my battery's drained. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And also that it's funny because people like to talk about introverts and extroverts as if it's like one thing or the other, but it's actually kind of a scale yeah. because mm-hmm. like, that's the thing like, I can say I'm an introvert, but like, I, don't, I think I'm a pretty good bartender. Like I, like you say, you, you can turn it on when you need to turn it on, but an eight hour bartending shift, bro, Ooh. when I get home, I am exhausted. Like mm-hmm. I need to be away. <laughs> oh, I'm like charged. I can't go to sleep. Does it does it help now, Jess, that you don't have to have anyone sitting at the bar? I cannot tell you how much that helps. Yeah. Because <laughs> one, it does kind of suck. Like sometimes I'll get a little bored because yeah. there's not anything happening right in front of me. Right. But I cannot tell you how much pain I experience when there's someone in front of me telling me the stupidest fucking story yeah. or just like one of those people that has to talk without saying anything. And I just have to be like, uh-huh. I just uh-huh. smile my like. I have to pretend like I'm interested just to make sure that I get yeah. tipped. Like <laughs> oh, that yeah. shit is that sucks. It's soul crushing. It Let's, really is. Yeah, it's soul crushing. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I, it's not that I dislike bartending. I just can't do it full time. Like one night a week, I would be down because it is fun to be in the mix of things. That energy, when you have a 
busy night and you're just like boom 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 you're moving constantly and then all of a sudden the night's over and you're like what just happened you're yeah. like a little high on that rush without i don't know doing cocaine or whatever a lot of bartenders do um like <laughs> that's fun but i can only do it in a very small amount of time totally agree yeah and so like i, I used to get like three bartending shifts in a row and i'd be like all right then you're giving me four days off dude like, that would be the exact i'm same not way. gonna do any more than that if oh, you need another man. person find someone else <laughs> right or you know just let me walk around and drink wine at people's tables <laughs> yeah that's my speed because you're still having interaction but mm -hmm. it's not and you can walk away from a table you could just er, turn that's around. the thing about being a server versus being a bartender yeah. is when you're a bartender you're behind the bar oh, and you're, you're on trapped. the entire time you're unless you, there's like that's another bartender to... or if your bar back you is to good find... enough to take over for you you need to find things to do oh like... totally <laughs> because you know if you I mean? don't like you're a bad bartender it's you just like yeah. you just be like oh what would you say and just make it up and then walks away right or it's like yeah. mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's just lying i got a thing that's in the back and it's uh, it'll break uh, if i don't do it fires <laughs> there's fires in the back yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's definitely a fun industry there's a reason why i'm in it uh but you know i've i've slowly been going away from front of house to more the kind of stuff that Seattle Beer School does and, you know, other sort of management stuff because, I mean, I'm I'm not even old. I'm 29, but still, I'm like, I don't think I can do this for much longer, man. Yeah. Like, this is a lot on my soul. Yeah. What do they, they call malt the soul of beer? That's what John Mallet calls it. Yeah. I love that saying. <laughs> yeah. So At first, good, right? I was like, you're an idiot at hops. And yes. No, it's not hops. It's Then now, it's like, malt. I'm the idiot. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been rereading that book because it's been a minute. Um, and I it's well written. I think it's a really fun book to read. But anyways, he talks about um Munich malt. If someone were to ask you, like, I don't know, someone who's never tasted malt, like what does malt taste like? He's like the good like pinpoint for it would be Munich malt. And I was yeah, like, okay. okay, I I think that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's kind of paler, but it's not pale, it's not Pilsner, and it's not it's kind of like a cool like this is i was like okay i think i agree with that have you read the other the other um elements in those publications right there's mm -hmm. malt water yeast, water. hops. dude that water is hard yeah it's it's <laughs> i have shauna's That's... hot book at my house okay uh, that one's which has a, a ton of great information. It's essentially yeah. pornographic material. Uh, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> For a beer educator. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah. water, once, once you get into water chemistry, that's like, whew. Shauna, isn't it in your water book that you have that like inscription from a dude who like gave it to his granddaughter or something? Yes. Yes. Dude, yeah, it was like you bought it secondhand and there was like a message in there from like a grandpa that was like. Yeah, it was like, Dear Alice Olympia, I hope when you come of age, you can enjoy this book. Oh, like that's such a mean th she's like what? <laughs> what did he mean by this Why i had so many questions about it i was like yeah. how old was she this grandpa's yeah. cool but like to give your like underage granddaughter a book about the mo maybe the most yeah. thick of the, yeah. the most dense out of all of them <laughs> yeah the most confusing book started with a confusing like you know yeah <laughs> signature to a, a granddaughter <laughs> you're like really what is this mean? 
yeah, yeah. It's the perfect it's the right book to put that in it's <laughs> <laughs> like and so like now i think i finally understand like a lot of the water chemistry stuff because it's like the problem is right like water is boring because it's just water and you don't think it's going to matter because it's not as tangible but i guess if you think about water being like or the th- components in water being seasoning like salt to your beer right. interesting okay it helps you cuz you're like oh yeah i guess what makes a dish to- truly delicious is adding the right amount of salt or the right amount of you know not wouldn't be spices right because that would be um hops and other things but if you think about it like that like you're like okay the soul of beer probably is water <laughs> screw you john mallet sorry john mallet go back to the well, you ding dong grain, grain makes the beer mm-hmm. yet you really have to have your water down and water historically has invented styles so the soul beer would be yeah. water and then like your spine or like the skeleton of beer is malt yes and then the nervous system would be hops so the nervous system is different than a soul in this yeah yes in this scenario i always felt like hops would be the attitude like hops would be the not the yeast i think yeast is the attitude yeah oh you could make an argument for either of those yeah i think you could go either way but it's like your astrological sign yeah maybe the heart Heart is part of the nervous system. I would say yeast is the heart. Okay. Yeast is, to me, it's the heart. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that brewers, if they didn't make a good beer, that's where they went wrong. Is the yeast. Usually. But there are many reasons to go wrong. I have a Jeever and a Bavarian Pils. What? You you stay here and I'll blind taste Let's do it. Let's do it. Ooh, this is tricky. This is not going to be easy, Jess, but maybe it will be easy. I I'm no so idea. jealous right now. Okay. I'm <laughs> so jealous. Also, you know what this tastes like? I kept wanting to interject. It huh. tastes like, the first sip I took was like, this tastes like a like a pumpkin beer, but not. Like spice, it has, it's so spicy that it okay. tastes like it has like, cl- not clove, because there's not like a phenol thing, but it's so incredibly spicy. Right. Almost cinnamony. But I get that Whoa. sometimes, I think, from like Noble Hops. I don't know what I try to look up information about this. It tastes like a, a so I guess it's essentially a Meritzen, like a really hoppy Meritzen. Mm-hmm. But like if someone made a pumpkin beer but just never added the spices. So I guess it would just be like a, a Meritzen. That's really interesting. That'd be kind of a fun experiment to do to like make a faux pumpkin beer and just try to, without any external spices, just try to work with your malt and your yeast and your um, your hops. To try to emulate that without it actually being a pumpkin beer. Be so weird. It's got to be like we'll use rye or something. Okay, I'll be back. Um, okay, so Shauna's got an IPA, but in front of John and I, we have got we're doing a little blind test situation. We're talking Franconian versus Bavarian. Is that right? That is correct. All right. Yeah. So John knows which one's which. Well, I don't know. Maybe you mix yours up. No, I do. You do. Okay. I, I'm not diving in. This is a shark tank. You're going down. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. All right. So I do know which is which. Again, like I, I can't remember how much we said about this earlier, but um, you know, how much of a difference is there between these styles? What are the differences? And is it even relevant? <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. One of the smells kind of skunky. 
Oh, then have I think you, you had, might know what it is. Oh, have you had either of these beers before? What are they? One is Jeever or Yeever. Uh-huh. And the other one is Iyengar's Bavarian Pills. I think I've I've definitely had both, but okay. I don't... You don't remember. Right. There's no like frame of reference around Seems like it. Shauna already knows which is which. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling just because of packaging. Mm. Oh, you. Oh, that was a great hint. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> you son of a. No, maybe. I don't know if that's right or not. I'd have to. I got to check my key. I could be wrong, to be honest. I because I think that they uh, can. I mean, Jever or Jeever does. Jeever does can. Yeah. Oh man, I would wonder what. Okay, well, let's just continue this. I've before. never had it not in a can. Can just really? real quick diversion here. Can we yeah. do? Can we create a search engine called Ask Jeever? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jeever.com. Ooh, that would be such a good beer reference website. Yeah. And it's all just about beers. Yeah. Oh my god, how fucking hilarious would that be? Okay, I, I that down. I we we need like, to like audibly copyright this right now. Yeah. So no one god. steals this idea. Damn from it! Us. They're gonna steal it. No, nah, we'll Chill. see. Them. They're listening right now. Ask Jeever. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Between all of us, I bet we have a few programmer friends that could help us out with this. Jeever, what's the difference between you and Franconia? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm confused on this. What are your differences, <laughs> the main differences that you're experiencing? Oh, yes. That's a good question. So the one that smells a little skunky to me, I think has more body. There's definitely, I, I'm picking up on more hot presence. Maybe it's just because of that aroma. Um, the other one, I'm noticing a crisper finish, maybe a little bit lighter bodied. It's not like huge in terms of their body difference, but um, noticeable. What about like aroma differences? So the one that's more lighter bodied, I'm definitely getting a, a decent amount of like herbal notes on it in terms of hops. And this other one is just reminding me of, it's, Honestly, borderline rubbery in terms of light struck. Okay, well, I'm going to just guess based on the context clues that were given in this um, conversation. <laughs> Wait, I'm but... Sorry, okay. John. Well, no, no. I think you've done a good job, first of all, of distinguishing the difference between the two. So whether we know which one's Franconian or Bavarian, you can tell that there's a difference, right? Totally. So that's important. But that's I'm not good. sure if the difference is based off of an off flavor uh, in my current yeah, yeah. experience, right. or if I were to not have an off flavor, what would be the difference? Mm-hmm. I don't quite know. So I have a lot of questions, yeah. but I want to ask it till she guesses. Yeah. Okay. I oh, I'm, I feel so nervous because I feel like Shauna knows and I don't, and she's not oh, even tasting them. No. I, yeah, I, you I, can, <laughs> can you smell it I don't through know. the internet? I'm like some sort impressive. of freak. Yeah. It's impressive. Like I have like a connection okay. into my nostrils, into the microphone. Are you hardwired? The Matrix? Okay, so... Maybe. So, Jever, or however you pronounce it, that's what Franconian is? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to guess the one on my left, which is the one that I'm picking up on a little skunkiness, is Bavarian, and then Franconian is the other. Oh, wrong! Wrong! Damn it! Yeah, that skunky mofo. Shauna knew. I saw her face, yeah, and she knew. That's the green bottle. I only yeah. knew because of the bottle. I didn't know that it came in a green bottle. Yeah. Oh, I only really had it in a can. 
I've never had it in a can before. Now I want to try it in a can to see if it has that same skunky Heineken. Let's call it. Yeah, it's fucking Heineken. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like oh, except smoother than Heineken, but same skunk. I totally agree with you on that. You distinguish the two correctly. It's just that we don't really know the difference between the two, other than Shauna with her. (laughs) <laughs> mental <laughs> brilliance uh what is what is, okay so for you now that she's tasted them yeah what, what are the main differences from what i remember reading like from the one like the one article that actually gave an a sort of answer was like if you want to know the difference the difference is that jiver is franconian and anger is uh bavarian and so based on what I was reading, it said that uh, Jeever was more pungent, like more aggressive, right? It was, yeah, totally. it had a, it was, it almost had a description like it was more like a Czech Pilsner really, but not as big as a Czech Pilsner, mm-hmm. right? I think they use, I'm not positive, but I think they use Tetninger hops, which are, Really, for me, they're close to Saz, right? And Iyengar uses Hallertau Herzbrucker, uh, which is close to like Hallertau Middlefru, right? Really soft. Exactly. It's soft. It's um, the the body and the the like whole thing of the Jeever or the Franconian, it cuts through your palate, right? It's like as opposed to just like rolling over your palate. Mm. Right, right? It, the the Bavarian's just like a little easier going down than, yeah. than the Franconian is, I totally. think. But it kind of gets flipped on its side. When you had a Zwickel beer that said Franconian Keller beer, that is a pretty like smooth... Um, at least tasting, but you said it was bitter too, right? It had so. some sh- had some sharpness to it, which I like. Um, otherwise, I think it would have been too biscuity, a little too like a little too boring, to be honest. Yeah, if it didn't have that little bite. And I was telling Jess when you were grabbing the beers, I was like, it was driving me nuts because the beer was like it reminded me of something, but I couldn't place it. And I was like, it reminded me of oct- of of like stupid pumpkin beers, but oh. like. But not in a bad way. Like it's okay, almost good. as if that's like what if it was like a base of a pumpkin beer. So it was like a Meritzen, but like with more bitterness. Um, and like it was spicy. It was so spicy, but not like clovey. Yeah. But like cinnamon almost. So mm-hmm. I mean, Love I don't that. know how they hopped it. I mean, I don't know what they hopped it with. I'm assuming it's some noble hop. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, no, it, it, it was spicy. So it was like, so it kind of makes sense if you're the way you've explained the Fraconian beers to be a little more like, have a little more edge to them. Right. That, I guess and that's. I think it just also gets a little tricky when, again when we're talking about beer that's brewed in Germany or in Europe versus beers that are brewed in America, because we definitely have a different palette here, especially on the West coast. And I love the interpretation because it aligns with my, uh, the beers that I like, but it can be kind of tricky if we're talking about these like traditional, uh, styles and ways of brewing and then putting an American twist on it. So it's kind of tough to tell really if we're talking about like what styles are. Yeah. 
yeah, you wonder like, like, an, so there's categories, right? We love to fucking categorize everything. So there's a, an English brown ale and an American brown ale. I'm a fan of the English brown ale, but the American brown ale, although it has its place, it's pretty out of balance for me. Like it's just too hoppy. It's sure. often too piney. I'm like, it's like drinking coffee with like hops in it. If you've ever had that, <laughs> some, some people do that. Some, I've tried like, it. It's weird. Oh God, get this out of my face. Like, what have you, why would you do this to me? Why? Yeah. Just like, just like, like enjoy and, and amplify the flavors of the malt and the woodiness of the hops. Don't just like smack everything in the face with citrus and tropical fruits, right? And pine. So yeah, I, it's Americanizing things gets a little bit tired after a while to my palate, at least. That's fair. Cause I do love it. I love it. The experimentation. It's not nuanced, right? It's just like a blast. Agreed. Yeah. When you can like hit a brown ale and like even a brown IPA, and if you do it right, it's fucking transcendent right we were talking a couple episodes ago about um dogfish head (laughs) shauna you said they're they're brown ipa they're brown ipa but yeah i think you make an interesting point there john because for as much as i love that for as much as i appreciate a red ipa um cda you know black ipa i do love all those things because i think i just as an American living on the West Coast for my entire life, you know, I, my palate has adjusted to that hoppiness. So I do like that. And I I do like an American brown ale. If I was going to choose that over English, I feel like I would go for an American brown ale. But I think you also make a good point that it's probably just a boring brown ale recipe with hops thrown on top of it. And if that brown recipe was just kind of honed in a little bit maybe i would like that better than just doing a whatever recipe and throwing hops on top of it you could drink it by itself which i will happily do or you could drink with like cheesecake or i mean maybe even like a a a richer food like i'm still think that it'd be good with barbecue but i know that that's kind of i would be into that i'd be into that but it would make everything so intense yeah. It would be intense and your palate would be totally burned out after the meal, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> then you move to a Chrissy boy. It's fine. Right. Or yeah. you just move on to like a completely different type of beverage. After Negroni. That. <laughs> Negroni, right. Because <laughs> it's a digestif for the grandma's bowels. I was, I was about to say I would probably go to a <laughs> aperitif. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Wait. Oh, you're right. Aperitif. Yeah. Wait, which is wit? Oh, digestif. before. Right. Okay. Aperitif gets your gut going, and then a digestif helps you digest. Nice. So actually, an I, I, a brown IPA would be really good digestive, I think. <laughs> or we could just do Underbergs. Yeah, yeah. that's the main. Yeah, that's the industry. When you were doing that, oh man, what? When you guys were bottle doing works? the bottle works thing? Oh yeah, because Ken gave me an Underberg. Hand, you, oh, I was like, oh, who well, just Ken? ruined this for her? That was such a mean thing to do. In my eyes, I was like, well, she's going to have a lot tougher time like holding it together now. <laughs> that fucker is 44% alcohol, right? Like it's oh, yeah. it's no like party trick, even though it looks like a party favor. It does. You're oh. right. Like that shit will Well, you. and for those who don't know, I mean, uh, and this is interesting because 
Underberg is definitely considered an industry beverage, but talking to friends who have lived like in LA, San Diego, whatever, coming up to Seattle and they see the way that Seattle bartenders drink Underberg. So they're like, I know what Underberg is, but we do not drink it the way you guys drink it. Like we (laughs) fucking slam them like multiple times throughout a shift. Right. Um, and I like them. I've always liked them, but, um, yeah, it was funny during our live stream at Bottleworks because our friend Ken, who's the um, head brewer at Standard, Kendo. I've had an episode with him. Check that out. 666. I think it's Maybe refreshing. I mean, okay, hold on. Yeah. Let me preface this. I don't like, like IPAs in Arizona. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a unicorn. Uh, I don't love the way they taste, but the afterwards feels good. Mm. It feels like it kind of like a little whoop okay it, it does like it's a little, it's a little zip. That that's why I, I take them and like literally not to shame anyone who does cocaine but like i will always take an underberg i don't do coke at all i never have but like you know it's a typical thing for a bartender to take a little bump you know yeah. but like i will do an underberg any day always over a bump of cocaine because it's like that's just more effective for me i don't know well then it worked then he did it then kendo thank you right. for helping yeah. her out that that time exactly actually yeah you're her dealer i like how you say take it as as, yeah i like how you say take it as if it's a pill (laughs) to me it is i I had i'm always had to take my medicine yeah full throttle bottles you go to full throttle john is an pusher oh he is oh he's like all right time to takes it yeah and he's like all right and like oh my god i'm gonna black out aren't i (laughs) And, I do. and like you said, that's a dangerous thing about Underbergs because the funny thing is that they are um, under the FDA registered as non-alcoholic because of the volume size. What? Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why you can, one, buy them if you're under 21. Oh, my God. Um, but two, a lot of places can get away with selling Underbergs when they don't have a liquor license because you don't need one. Wow. I wish I had um, known this when I was 15. So what's hilarious is I think I've told the story before like hate to repeat stories, but, um, my best friend, Emily, she, um, when she moved up to Seattle right after I did, um, and I had just started working in the industry, I thought I was all cool showing her what an underberg is. And I was like, let's do an underberg. This is something that we do. And she's like, Oh no, I know. I was like, how do you know what this is? Like you, you work in science and public health. Like wh- what are you talking about? And she's like, Oh no, they sold underbergs at the fucking Seven Eleven down the street from her dorm in Santa Cruz. And she would, they would go get underbirds because that was like a form of alcohol that they could buy while they were under 21. It's like drinking scope. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like prison. It's like prison rules drunk. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like zombie apocalypse sort of shit, yeah. you know? Right. If, you, if you like take 10 and you put it into one glass and you chug it, it's, <sighs> it's yeah, it's a nightmare. But I would do it. Oh, man. I would totally do it. <laughs> this brings up a good question. When was the last time you threw up from drinking too much? Oh, man. Has it been too long or was it like, oh, fucking yesterday? No, in long, between. It's been a while. It's been a long time. There's, yeah. I, impressive. <laughs> I think I've had enough experiences and also working in the industry. You You learn by nature. You learn by practice what you can handle and what you need to be doing in certain situations. And I do value that because I think I, I know how to handle my shit and I know what I need to be drinking in certain situations. Uh, but mm, I don't know. 
on a, it's probably been like two years for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's, yeah. you're like an adult. You're like a functioning <laughs> I try, human I being. Try. That's impressive. Right, what about, what about you? I, well, so like I was on that same path. I was, I had not thrown up for a long time, probably like a year. Right. But I, I, I had a, a like 9% passion fruit sour IPA what? Thing Why? from Olaf's. Oh no. Uh, Olaf's will do it to you. Because someone bought it for me <laughs> and it was Friday. And I was like, okay, I don't want this, but oh, we no. were celebrating someone's new job somewhere. A very good friend of mine. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. What's the, what's the hubbub all about? Why do people like these 9% candy sour things? Nope. Oh, I drank that whole thing. And then I had a Cloudburst IPA, which was fantastic, oh, but nice, also nice. like 7 to 8% in alcohol. And then I did a shot of tequila. And <laughs> in the morning, I woke up and was like, why do I feel like I threw up? <laughs> and I asked my friend that, and he was like, oh, that's because you threw up right when you got out of the car. <laughs> as you were getting out of the car. I'm like, oh, all right, well. It, my stomach hurt for like a day because it was so sour. Oh, it was, no. I'm not going to name the brewery because they're lovely people and they make fantastic beer, but they definitely, yeah. Your esophagus suffered. Following the trend of sour, fruity stuff. Nope. Nope. It's absolutely not beer. Not. I'm trying to remember the last time I did, and I feel like before I had a kid, it was more often. And then <laughs> once you have one, you're just like made of steel, apparently. Um, but I feel like it was like shortly after, I think when I like first time I really drank, you know, like maybe once I stopped breastfeeding, cause then you're like, don't yeah. have to worry about it. And you're more like, right. ah! yeah. yeah, I feel like there was an instance where I pushed it. Shauna, I do have to say that it's one of the things I value about our relationship is that you and I always seem to be on the same, like kind of wavelength in terms of when we like to go home. Like you and I, I think we like to prefer drinking kind of like late afternoon into early evening because then you can still get home at a reasonable time. You're not fucking getting home at 2 a.m. after the bars are closed. No, right. Like it's kind of nice to have a friend who's down to be like, an event's happening today. How about we go right when the event starts? (laughs) And then that way we'll eat a little bit, we'll get home and like, we'll be, you know, maybe not fine for the rest of the night, but you know, we'll be home for yeah. the rest yes. of the night. You've, yeah. Yes. You've learned through multiple, multiple experiences that yeah. you're, yeah, your, your body wants you to do the right thing. And you rarely listen to your body when you're like five beers deep. Oh yeah. No, it's not going to happen. You're, you're right. You eventually get to the point where, like, I know what's going to happen tomorrow. I need to go home. Like, oh, yeah. I'm tired. I want to, like, do something tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. I feel like I also, like, my 20s were spent in New York and I went hard. And <laughs> no doubt. I did a lot of just, just very crazy. It's just not the best ideas ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I'm surprised I'm not dead, but, like, you know, after that, I'm like, okay, I have three beers. I'm like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, good and yeah. I'm also ready to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Once we're done, I'm gonna have a Negroni, and call it a night. Maybe watch some Matlock or <laughs> no, some Murder Dragnet. She Wrote. 
<laughs> and drag night. I don't know. Maybe read the Bible. <laughs> Send your right to sleep. Yeah. Get two senses in. You're like, this is so dense. I'm ready to go. Or, what's the, I'm forgetting the name. Well, he's like, uh, let me just ask you one more question. Um, so, uh, he, you know, he always oh, has the cigar. Columbo, Columbo, Columbo. right? Yeah. Oh, you know, my, <laughs> yeah. my wife was telling me about this new yeah. thing. And I just have one question. Yeah. <laughs> I like Columbo mm. a lot. Great drinking some German beer yeah. with y'all. Good blind tasting that I failed, but you know, I'll do, I'll do better next oh, time. We How I really thought you, you had it. I thought I did too, but I didn't know that it came in a you were, bottle. I think it, honestly, I think that Shauna like shot, uh, she I shot one you. over your bow. Yep. I want to say cheers, but we don't really have any I, more I beers left. Beer. I need another <laughs> beer. Um, I mean, we can, but I, John, thank you so much for yeah. being a part of this. Yeah. So much fun talking to you and having Shauna, you know, be able to join us. There Ooh. we go. There's our cheers. That was uh, rad. Yes. Um, drink lagers, drink German lagers, and uh, be well. <laughs> <laughs> I be think happy, that's... be healthy, long life. Hmm, that's Hallelujah. it. Hallelujah. <laughs> That was a Titan Cast episode.